unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unbadding. I'm Jessica Presley. And I'm Dana Pereira. All right, sis. So here we are again, coming off the uh, weekend of Mother's Day. How was your Mother's Day weekend? Mother's Day? Um, it was exactly how a Mother's Day would go if you were unlucky. <laughs> it was like a movie, you know, where like all the things that go wrong just go wrong. But they're like... But it's Mother's Day, and you're like, well, isn't this typical? Yeah, that sounds quite typical for a Mother's Day, the day where you keep having to be a mother. Yeah, yeah, there was, there's no break from Mother's Day. You know, I, I had a sick kid. We had to leave brunch early because he was a sick kid. Uh, my daughter grazed a fence and ended up with 4,000 splinters in her hand. And you know what I did? Drank. I did that for sure. <laughs> for sure. I um, told her to go get daddy and I got up and went to the other side of the yard and put AirPods in and listened to a book so that I couldn't hear her cry. I, it sounds like self-care on Mother's Day. Kudos to you. I was like, you know what? I do this every single time. And the mom guilt was getting me. Because, you know, I'm mommy. I'm the one that does all of the things. I'm the comforter. I'm the nurturer. I'm the, I do all of the things. Um, I don't do splinters, though. I mean, I am not a carpenter. I, I don't know how those things get out. I am not a surgeon either. So, <laughs> like me yeah. and tweezers, I can barely pluck an eyebrow hair out of my face without pinching the skin and crying. That is the worst. <laughs> and then you have like a tiny little cut there. It's like... Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, you chose the right thing. You were not the right person for this splinter occasion. I was not the right person for the job. So I delegated, as mothers do. Um, and then, yeah, I, I had some mimosas. That was nice. That mm -hmm. was kind of nice. I wish that I would have had a Mother's Day like yours, though. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Do um, tell. My Mother's Day was amazing. And I even journaled about it. That's how good it was. Wow. And the title of this entry was The Year I Quit Mother's Day. I'm sorry, you title your journal entries? Not always. Okay. But this one I did because it felt right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, the weeks leading up to Mother's Day were hell. Yeah. I'm just going to be real honest about it. It was hell. So um, I think it was on Friday through snot-faced tears and sobbing, I told my husband, I do not want to celebrate Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Motherhood is not something I feel great about right now. <laughs> do not make me celebrate this day. Not this year. And he's like, Okay. Yeah. He's like, oh, all right. But also in his head, I think he was thinking, is this one of those times where like you mean it? Or like if I don't do it, I'm going to get in trouble? Yeah. How, on a scale of one to 10, how much of a trick is this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So 
like an amazing man. He still took the girls out to buy me presents. Oh, good. Yeah. So I got those, mm-hmm. which was super fun. And they were thoughtful and sweet and wonderful. Um, but I, um, I sent them off for the day. My amazing husband took out my two daughters and his mother, and they were gone from, I would say, I don't know, maybe 11 until 6.30. I had the house to myself, just me and the dogs. And you know what? I decided this year on Mother's Day, I wasn't mothering anybody else Mm-mm. but me. Mm-hmm. Little <gasps> Jess needed a mother that day. Aww. And so that's what I did. I didn't turn on the TV. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't listen to music. It was silent. It was beautiful. It was relaxing. And I just gave little Jess all the momming she needed that day. And it was chef's kisses. Oh, that's so wonderful. It makes me... um it makes me laugh thinking about our husbands, though, because they're like, oh, is this a trick? Like, or should I be worried about this? But 100% of the time, I tell my husband exactly what I mean. He's the one that goes off into like a spiral, like, should I, oh, did she really mean? It? I'm like, yes, I meant yes. Yes, I, I meant really it. I really meant it. <laughs> I really meant it. And oftentimes, I tell Dave that, also, I've told him this in years past, and I feel like he he doesn't believe me. He yeah. doesn't believe that that's what I want, to be home alone. But my husband works from home. I'm never home alone, ever. Yeah. So being home alone in my own house with my dogs is just such a treat for me. That sounds amazing. How do you feel whenever you say the story out loud? Like, let's say we were in a room full of people, do you feel like you would have to like downplay something and be like, oh, yeah, I mean, obviously I miss my kids, but it was really nice because a lot of people want to take those stories and kind of turn them into something else like, ugh, you're so selfish. Like, pff, how dare you? Yeah, you know, that's kind of a layered question for me for two reasons. One, for all the normal reasons um, that all mothers do, right? But the second to that is that, ah. Uh, Adoption is so layered, and I feel like unless you know me and you know my kids and you know my heart, I feel like I have to put the disclaimer out there. Mm -hmm. Like, I love my kids. Yes, we all love our kids, Um, and adoption makes it no different. I love my kids, and I want to be away from them. Same as you. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. I'm like, man, get me a weekend away from my kids. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard. It is hard. Motherhood is hard. Life is hard. Everything, everything, everything is so hard. It's all so hard. (laughs) It is. It's tough. It's really tough. But that brings me to our topic of conversation for today. What are we going to unbad today? And this one is going to be a good one. Mm. It's a heavy one and it's so good. We're talking toxic positivity today. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't even realize that positivity can be toxic. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, my glass is half full. There's a silver lining in that cloud. Like, instead of realizing that you are not here on this planet 
to just be happy. You are supposed to feel every array of feelings. There's guilt, there's anger, there's sadness, there's so many other feelings out there. And you're allowed to sit with them sometimes, but it makes people uncomfortable. It really makes people uncomfortable. And people don't know what to do with that. Whenever you're honest and you say how you're feeling, people don't know what to do with that. They're like, you got this. (laughs) You're so strong. (laughs) You got this one. That does bring me to a story that I told you I wanted to tell. Um... Not too long ago, I had had surgery. I had an explant surgery. Um, I had a breast implant that ruptured. It was all kinds of nasty. It was causing problems in my body. And I was like, you know what? Let's get these things out of here, right? Mm -hmm. I got breast implants when I was 19 years old. I am 39. They've been in there for 20 years. It was time to go. Yeah. It was time to go. So, um, you know, in taking these out, Part of it for me was, am I emotionally ready? I have not seen my adult body without breast implants. And I was not having new prosthetics put in. So I was like, all right, how is this going to be? What's my body going to look like? And I felt like I really came to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? My breasts do not define who I am. Mm -hmm. I am so much more than that. Um, Just get them out. I'd rather be healthy. I want to see what my body looks like without them. Yeah. Um, And so a few days after my surgery, um, the emotions started to come up, right? And maybe not necessarily for what you think they would be. It wasn't because I was sad as to where my body was that day or how my body looked now. I was sad for the 19-year-old girl who felt like it was necessary to feel confident to have breast implants. Right. I was sad for her. Yeah. Um, and I, in in my mind now, I mutilated my body. Right. Um, because it was the the trendy thing to do. And because in order to feel sexy, I needed to have breasts. So anyway... Um, a friend of mine had reached out to me and she's like, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to be vulnerable. I was feeling really down. I was feeling really sad for 19 year old Jess and everything that she had been through and all those emotions were coming up. And I kind of put this in the text message and the response I got was, but you're the strongest. You got this. And I was like, oof, (laughs) oof. That is not what I was hoping to receive back. I was really looking for support. I was really looking for understanding. I was really hoping to have somebody in my corner that was like, yeah, that's hard. I'm sorry you're struggling with that. It seems like it's such an uncomfortable thing for people to do. And I've noticed it with myself as well. Like over the years, There are times where I have been that person that was like, but you got this. You're so strong. You make great decisions. You're a smart woman. You, you know, and it wasn't done with the intention of 
uh, making somebody feel a little worse about it. But now I do see that doing that to somebody doesn't help the situation at all. They already know they're strong. They already know that they got this. But right now, they're sitting with their feelings. They are sitting in the uncomfortable sadness that is whatever the issue is that they had at that moment. And you're allowed to sit in that sadness and you are allowed to feel those feelings. And telling somebody, you got this, you're so strong. Uh, Sure, there is a time and a place for that. It's usually about 72 hours after. Check. (laughs) They originally say that thing. You let them sort through it and you say, hey, you're right. This sucks. This fucking sucks. And I am here to listen and support you. Um, I've found myself saying recently, like, how can I better support you? Because I don't always know. Yep. And I think asking people or or even just saying like, yeah, you're right. That sucks. And shutting it down is also maybe a better way of handling that situation because I'm just like talking in circles here. But whenever I ask somebody, I'm like, am I putting that on them? Am I making them like make show me the way of how to make them feel better? There's so many layers to it. There are a lot of layers, but this is a really good lesson in learning how to hold space. Yeah. Right? So how do we hold space for somebody whenever they're in a tough situation? And I think it's totally okay to ask. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to say, Dane, I... I see that you're really struggling and I'm sorry and I really want to support you. What do you need from me? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And and people will tell you. I would tell you, you know what? I just need an ear. I just mm-hmm. need someone to listen. I just need to vent. Or you know what? I'm feeling really down about myself and I really need you to remind me how all of these negative self-beliefs are wrong. Help me unbad this narrative in my head and that's when you're gonna say like hey remember when you did this and you got through it because you're fucking badass remember you know like that's whenever you can do those positivity things because I think on one hand you don't want to be the negative Nancy right like sorry for any Nancy's out there It's like the negative Nancy got a bad rap along with Karen. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't want to be like that negative person that is constantly uh, like I feel bad whenever I am saying like this sucked, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked. Like whenever I am having a conversation with a friend, there are times where I see myself just saying like every single thing sucked every single you know and I get insecure about it right don't you want to apologize and be like sorry for unloading yes but also I think there's something to be learned there too if you know you have to unload I think it's okay to ask permission and say you know what I've got a lot going on right now and I just need to unload do you have the capacity for that right now that phrase right there I love because not everybody is going to have the capacity to take on your shit along with their own. Not in that moment. Yeah. And I also believe that even when I am struggling, 
other people's burdens don't feel as heavy to me. Yeah. I can still carry yours and mine. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on the person, um, how close you are with those people, because there are people in my life that although I love them, I watch them make bad decisions over and over and over and over and over again, and then they want to tell me about it. And I'm like, I mm, I want to support you, but I can't right now because it is too much for me knowing that – like I actually have a friend that calls me because – she wants me to turn her life around. And although I'm happy sometimes to point out some things to her, I'm not your fucking life coach. Right. I I have a lot of things going on and I don't want to take on your burdens. Right. I have a lot of my own shit going on and I can't be positive fucking Patty for you Every time you make another poor choice. Right. And also I feel like I've definitely been in relationships like that or have had people like that in my life. And oftentimes those relationships seem very one-sided. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that that's why we lose capacity for it. Because when there's not this ebb and flow between two people and supporting one another in a relationship, um, it's daunting. It's daunting to be the person who's always giving when the other person is always taking. Absolutely. And I, as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, because you and I can have these conversations all day long. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this. My friend Cynthia, I'm obsessed with her. She could tell me anything at any time of day and I am in. I want I want to be there for her. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are certain relationships where it feels one-sided and it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And when you see that person's name pop up on your phone, it's like you have to do a self-check. Do I have it in me right now to do this? <laughs> right? I just did that a few days ago. I was like, yep. I can't yep. do it. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Voicemail. <Yep. laughs> you have to. Yeah. You have to. That's self-care. It is self-care. Yep. And there are... So many ways that people have relationships with each other. Now, the toxic positivity, the, you know, uh, you got this, you're so strong, the, uh, there's a lot of like, yes, queen energy out there. Mm -hmm. And although I really like the yes, queen energy in certain situations, it's also, um, It doesn't really give you permission to fail or to be sad about anything or to, you know, just have a day. And we all have days. Right, right. Yeah, I think that like we all need the hype girl, right? Mm -hmm. It's great to have that yes queen energy. It's great to have that hype girl. But we also need to know that it's okay to be transparent. It's okay to be honest. Um, This topic is super important to me because um, I've fallen victim to toxic positivity. Yeah. So much in a sense, not even necessarily as a um, 
somebody coming to me and me being like, you got this, don't worry about it, no big deal. I don't necessarily feel like toxic positivity affects me personally in that way. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm more the person who um, isn't allowing you to see what's really going on behind the curtain. And that's another level of it. So about two years ago, um, I was struggling really, really bad. And if you didn't live in my home, you probably didn't know it. Maybe one or two people that were in my life that were close knew, but I was silently suffering. Yeah. And I almost broke. In fact, I was there. Yeah. I was there. And with suicide rates skyrocketing in our country, um, you and I both lost somebody very near and dear to our hearts recently to suicide. Mm-hmm. We can no longer afford to pretend like everything's okay. We have to be able to speak about the hardships in life. We have to normalize the hardships in life. And we have to start looking people in their faces whenever we have these hard conversations. When somebody is staring at us and saying, I am fucking at my rope's end. We need to be able to look them in the eye and say, I I know, mm. I see it because it's uncomfortable to look at somebody who is suffering. It just is. It is uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. You know, I think about when we were talking about doing this episode, I was thinking, where does this come from? Mm-hmm. And... What is the question that we are asked every day, multiple times a day since we were yay high? Uh, How are you? How are you? Yeah. Right? Uh And we have learned as children just by scanning our environment and looking around, when somebody says, how are you? You smile and you say, I'm good. How are you? Yep. Right? Knee jerk response. Good. How are you? Right. So... I decided to conduct a little experiment. <gasps> um, as I mentioned earlier, I was coming off the heels of a few pretty tough weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> now, to say my children are difficult at times um, is a pretty honest statement. Some people have easy kids. Mm-hmm. Um, our experience is layered. Adoption is layered. Family dynamics are layered. Sure. Um, Health and wellness is layered. Yeah. Um, On all spectrums, I don't really have necessarily what would you, what you would quote as typically easy kids. Mm -hmm. And we go through ebbs and flows like every family does. And these last few weeks just happen to be some really hard weeks. And we were talking about doing this episode and I thought to myself, you know what? What would happen if I didn't smile and say good? Yeah. So I decided I wasn't going to. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it worked out really well because you could see the exhaustion on my face. Yeah. Um, So we were at the park one day and um, Jordan and Shay were playing and it was time to go, right? 
And I got in a phone call. Someone was at my house. I had to leave kind of quick. You know, no five-minute warnings. Oh, boy. <laughs> These things can really throw my kids for a loop. So I'm trying to get Jordan out of the sand box, whatever. And she's. we have met some friends from school. Now, this one little girl had recognized me and Jordan. And I recognized her, too. But she wasn't in Jordan's class. But she's in Jordan's grade. And so I had gone over and talked to her mom. I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity to meet another mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm chatting with her. And um, whenever it's time to go, I'm like, come on, Jordan, it's time to go. And she starts playing this game where she like runs around the other side. And then I go to that side and she runs around the other side. And her little friends are egging her on. And they're like, over there, over there. No, go this way, go this way. And so I bent down and I real cheeky smile in her face. And I said, Jordan, it's time to go. I can help you out and you can walk to the car or I can pick you up in front of all your friends and carry you there. (laughs) I had no patience left. And I can see the wheels turning in her mind, like what's going to happen, right? And so eventually I pull her out and um, I put her over my shoulder and I try to make it playful, you know? Yeah. And so she's playing with me. Right. Yeah. She's playing with me for like a second and all eyes are on me. I can feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I get her about halfway to the car and she's like, put me down. And I put her down and I'm like holding onto her hand with a death grip because I know she's going to run away. Mm-hmm. And she's like ripping her hand away from me. She's kicking me. She's pinching me. She's hitting me. She runs back to the park. And I grab her again and I get her over to the car. So we go on with this for probably like a solid three minutes. And And there's like like some dude at your house trying to deliver something. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The whole time. And I'm just like, you know when you're in a hurry and you're trying to make them go faster. It's just not going to happen. So she gets in the car. I'm trying to shut the door. She's sticking her legs out. Like so frustrating. I finally shut the door. I go to get in the car. She jumps out the car. And Mother Nature for the win. Oh. She gets a little sticker right in the bottom of her foot, a little thorn. And she yelps and leaps back into the car. And I'm like, Haha, karma, <laughs> you little bitch. <laughs> okay. That is karma. Instant Total karma. karma. Total karma. So next day at school, same mom standing there i'm trying to get jordan in the car and the same thing happening she's kicking she's screaming she won't get in the car and the mom's like recognizes me from the park waving hi how are you and i looked at her and i was like honestly barely surviving yeah fucking awful tina how are you (laughs) and i see her face kind of change and she said to me yeah but you know what they're in the car and it's friday and I was like, True thank that. you. Thank you. So I was like, all right, that one didn't go so bad. Yeah. I was able to be honest. Yeah. So we go to Costco to get a pizza, right? Friday night, movie night, we're getting a Costco pizza. And I see an old client there. And I'm like, I'm going to say hi, how are you? And see how this goes. <laughs> get some, some more intel. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Um, And I looked at her and I said, you know, we have good days and bad days. And today hasn't been a really great day. She's like, oh, I feel you. And I felt like that was such an opportunity for her too in that moment for us to have a human 
moment together. It was mom to mom. And I felt like she felt so validated in that. Like, yes, it is hard. So I think people might respond well to us being honest when that question comes up every day. How are you? Not so great. Yeah. When it's not going great, yeah, fucking say it. We are so conditioned to just say, great, how are you? And move on with our day. It's not an actual connection. It's not an actual interaction with somebody. It's something that you use to glaze over. Blanket statement. And move on with your life. You're like, oh, and then later on you can be like, oh, yeah, I I saw Tina at school and, you know, oh, oh, how's she doing? Good. (laughs) She's she's great. And Tina's actually sobbing into her Ben and Jerry's and washing it down with three bottles of wine. (laughs) Yep. Yes, into the Ben and Jerry's. So, like, what do we do then? How do we unbad this toxic positivity? What's the response? I think step one is we and our listeners start to take the step of being honest. I think that's what it really comes down to. What it really boils down to is being honest with ourselves and not being afraid to be honest with other people. When somebody says, hey, how are you doing? And If you are having a great day, then be like, you know what? Shit is fucking killing it today. Like I went to the gym and I had a great coffee and I did this and I did that and my kids were nice to me and my husband, you know, like then say it. Celebrate it. It makes it feel that much better whenever you're actually celebrating something or sharing something that's real. Yes. And people can feel that. And also on the flip side of that, you know, you can be like, man, I don't know. It's been an interesting day. Stubbed my toe and, you know, like whatever it is. If you're having a mediocre day, tell them you're having a mediocre day. If you're having a shit day, I'm having a real shit day actually. But how do you think – It will have people respond. Okay, so because we've been in this situation before. Let's say I'm having the best day ever. Like shit is popping off. I am feeling good about myself. My jeans fit me good. Whatever it is that makes me feel good about myself that day. It's happening. It is happening. And you say, you know what, Dana? I'm actually having a really shit day. Why do I have to be the one having the bad day? Okay, let me give another person. Maybe Um, you're having the bad day and I'm having the good day. (laughs) Okay, you know what? You are having a great day. So good. You, like, what what would be a good day for you? Oh, I meditated. I had a really good, profound meditation. Did you cry? Ooh. No. I love a crying meditation. I do like a crying meditation too. I do. But this day, I didn't cry. This day was all about self-love and confidence and, um, yeah, just feeling amazing. Yeah. And also checking stuff off the list. Uh Uh Uh-huh. The kids were all nice. The kids were nice. 
The husband was awesome. No dogs pooped on the floor. Oh, God. It's So it's a great day it's for you. It's a great you. day, yeah. And it's a shit day for me. So shitty. It's the my dog has shit everywhere. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. She she shits everywhere. <laughs> so my dog has shit everywhere. My kids both fought me going to school that morning. They did not want to go. Um, I tried to make coffee and I forgot to put the filter thingy in, and so oh, the water that's the worst. just went everywhere. It's the worst. <laughs> It is a shit-ass day. And I say, I'm having a real shit day. But then I say, how are you? And you're like, oh, fuck, I had a really great day. I would say, oh, fuck, Dane, that really sucks. Tell me what happened. What's going on? And, and then you tell me about your great day. <laughs> yeah, I'd give you the opportunity. And then if it came up... Or if there was something I wanted to share with you about your day, you know, at some point when you're unloading, you're done. You're tired of yourself. Yeah. You're sick of hearing yourself, bitch. You're over it. And that's when I would insert my great day and be like, yeah, it's all right. No, don't feel bad about unloading. You didn't unload at all. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You know, this is just going to suck for a little while and like everything it passes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about commiserating? Because mm. I have found, and I've done this to you recently, I'm realizing as I'm talking about it, where you tell me, like, I had a shit day, this bad thing happened, and then I try and make you feel better by telling you something bad that happened to me too. So I think that's a slippery slope. Yeah. I think that... Culturally, we have learned that by relating to somebody else's experience, um, it's a way to support them. Yeah. When in actuality, in my opinion, it kind of feels like you're uncomfortable holding space for where they're at. Yeah. And so you're interjecting your own experience. So I know I do that. It happens a lot. Mm -hmm. But I also try to be really aware of it. And when somebody, whether they're talking about something good or bad or otherwise, when somebody is telling me a story, um, I mean, if it's funny and lighthearted and we're going back and forth, that's one thing. But if somebody's like really telling me a story, I really try to be mindful to not interject my own experience and to instead ask a question. And show my interest in that way. Relate to them by way of question and interest and curiosity. It's definitely something that I've noticed that I do. That I'm like, okay, that is another step in my growth journey. Like that is something that I need to pay more attention to. Because I don't need to interject with, hey, Let's have a contest on who has the shittiest thing going on in their life. You right. Know? Like, let's have a pissing contest and see, you know, who who shits the farthest. So it's definitely something that I recognize. It is hard to integrate into my life, though. It is hard. But something that I've put into practice that really helps me is when, first of all, Anything that you want to change starts with awareness, right? Yeah. Once you're aware that you're doing it, you have the opportunity to change it. 
So when I'm in the middle of a conversation and that pops up and I I have that little bell, ding, ding, mm-hmm. ding, you're doing that thing that you didn't want to do, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know that one time I did X, Y, Z and I'm realizing, oops, you're doing that thing and I'll finish telling my story and I'll say, yeah, what you were saying really reminded me of that. Finish telling me about what you were saying or what what was it about that day that made it really exciting for you? Yeah. So once I realize it, I will always try to bring it back to the original story and ask a question and try to um, engage in a, from a more curious place. Yeah. So I I get really insecure in conversations and I know that whenever it comes to toxic positivity, that I know that I don't want to be the person that is like, you got this, go girl, yes, queen, fix your crown, you know, all of that. However, I also don't know if that's what they're looking for. Like, oh, I need somebody. So at times I'm like, okay, do you want me to like, what What are you looking for right now? Do you need me to be a listener? Do you need me to give advice? Do you want me to shut the fuck up? Do you want me to be like, go girl? Like, what do you need from me right now in that moment? Right, right. And so how do you feel most comfortable finding that information from somebody? I have learned more to ask because I, like a man, like my husband, (laughs) I'm a fixer. Mm -hmm. I want to fix things. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody's telling me, oh, I have this problem that's going on, I feel this way about it, I'm upset, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, how do we fix this? Mm -hmm. And I am immediately in brainstorm mode. Right. How do we do this? How do we fix it? What makes it better? What can we do? Right. And for some people, that's a good thing. They're That's why they're talking to me because we're in fix mode. We're having a conversation. We're brainstorming. We're bouncing ideas like we're in a fucking boardroom, you know? Like right, we're, right. We're doing this. And some situations require that. Absolutely. But there are also other people that are not like that at all. Right. And I am one of those people. Same. When I am talking to my husband about something that is bothering me, I don't want it to be fixed. I don't want him to give me ideas. I just want him to fucking listen to me. Right. We just want to feel heard. We just want to feel seen. We just want to feel like somebody has compassion and empathy for our situation. Yeah, I've figured out my life for 41 years. I will get through this. I will figure it out. I know there's an answer out there. It's just not coming to me today, okay? Like it might right. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a day. It might take a year. Who knows? I will figure it out eventually. And if I want you to fix it for me, I'll say, hey, I really need some help trying to fucking figure this out. Right, right. I think that that also – is an opportunity for us to learn how to support the people in our lives. So just recognizing that you don't like people to fix things for you, um, just that little bit of recognition also gives you an opportunity to ask other people. So you want help brainstorming or you just want me to like be a sounding board? 
Well, to add an extra complicated layer to it, because I'm an asshole, it's different with different people. Sure. There are some people that I go to that I'm like, I'm immediately coming to you because I know that you are going to help me with the brainstorming stiff. Right. And then there are other people where I'm like, so it's got to be confusing for people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely people that I avoid that I know are fixers. And so I avoid reaching out to those people when I'm struggling because I don't want you to fix me right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not even in a place where I am thinking about fixing. When I had reached out to you last week because I was like just struggling in all areas of motherhood, I did not want to be fixed. I wanted to feel where I was at. I needed to allow the process to happen Mm -hmm. because what happens when we fix is that we're just shoving down all of those emotions and they're getting stuck in there. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything else getting stuck. This is the point of me on batting. I want to unstuck all that shit. So I know who I'm going to go to whenever I need somebody to listen. I know who I'm going to go to when I need somebody to fix. Mm -hmm. I know who I'm going to go to when I need somebody to just be my hype girl. Yeah. You know, we know who those people are. But how beautiful would it be if instead of having one person for each situation that I could go to, I could go to three people every time and then just come to me and say, what do you need right now? Do you... Have people that you don't tell things to because you know that they might be secretly happy about your struggles? No. I have this story that I tell myself, and it's probably just a me thing, Mm -hmm. but I have this story that if I am struggling, if I am sad, if I am unhappy, that there are certain people that are going to be like, Oh, you are? Oh, that's so sad. Mm. But they're secretly like, good. You should be struggling a little bit. Or and these people are your friends. Why? It's not necessarily that they're my friends. Some of them are friends. Some are family. Some are, you know, it's all walks. Some people you can't avoid in your life. They're, you know, tethered to other people that are in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, But I've also noticed that There are times with people that I am very close with that I know won't be judging me that I am afraid to put my stuff on them because I don't want to add to their plates. Mm. I see where you're going with that. And my own personal experience is that I could literally be – ugly, crying, sobbing Mm -hmm. on the phone with Robin, right? And I'm getting it out. Robin is our cousin, by the way, folks. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Getting it out. It's all coming out. All the vulnerability, all of the insecurity, everything is just pouring out, right? And within moments – the energy could shift and something's coming up and she starts um, sharing a struggle of her own. And for some reason, I feel like I have this renewed strength 
to be there for somebody that I love. Yeah. You know, I feel like the energy comes from two different pools. Yeah. You know? And so I don't really ever feel like... Now, if you're coming to me with some stupid bullshit and I'm like in the throes of it, like I don't have time or energy for that. But like if you are coming to me from a place of vulnerability and you are struggling, I have got stuff in the reserves for you. Yeah, I feel that. I really do. And there are people out there that I have, I mean, I don't know if this is self-indulgent, but I have strangers in my inbox that... I talk to on a regular basis because I know that whether they don't have anybody else, that's probably not true, but I am another person for them. And like we've talked about a hundred times over, mental health is fucking crucial right now. Mm-hmm. And we did, we've lost several people to suicide. We we know several people that have died by suicide. Mm-hmm. And I just refuse to not respond to somebody that is going through something I'm always like DMs are open don't send me a dick pic but you know if you got shit that you're struggling with I'm here you know I've never received a dick pic oh my god I think in all my life I actually not even a text message really no never my husband sent me a dick pic like two no two months ago my husband's never sent me a dick pic the reason that he sent it is because on the Dirty Little Secrets Club, we were talking about dick pics, and he thought it would be hilarious to then send me one. And I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's funny. I got it, and I think I literally went, what the fuck? <laughs> that would be my reaction as well. It would. It would 100% be my reaction. I have had a man on... Twitter tell me about his piercings on Mm. his penis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then proceed to post a picture of his dick to my timeline like not even in my DMs (laughs) just putting it all out there and he was so so proud Mm. of his piercing piercing (laughs) his teeny (laughs) tiny piercing he was so so proud of it and I was like you know what that actually took some balls like (laughs) (laughs) that definitely took some balls it did it did well we took a left turn there (laughs) we sure did so I'm just gonna circle us back around to your dms minus the dick pics yeah and say that if somebody was in a place where they were vulnerable enough to reach out to a stranger or to somebody that they feel like they know through social media they're looking for something to be fulfilled yeah and if you have the time and the want and the desire to reach out and help that person kudos there's so many people that don't give other people the time of day because oh I don't know you or you're a stranger or whatever but you and I have had these conversations before and like there's been times in your life where you really needed somebody and really needed to reach out to somebody and people weren't there for you and so I know how important it is to you 
to respond to those messages, to be there for people because you never know what somebody's going through and you never know how one message, it could be three lines, Mm -hmm. could impact someone's day. I also think that it's kind of easier to talk to a stranger. Totally. It's easier to talk to somebody that doesn't know you, that isn't coming from a place of judgment, that isn't tying their identity to yours and you know, embarrassed or upset or pissed or thinks that you should be doing more or has all of these preconceived judgments already about you. And so that's another reason that I'm like, and, and I will still do it. My DMs are open. So, you know, if you need it, they're there. Yep. They're there. If you need it, she'll respond. I will. Me on the other hand, I would probably find them five years from now. (laughs) Sorry. I don't check DMs <laughs> or any social media. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I feel like we could probably have like 47 episodes on. I love this episode. This was so great. This was really great. And you know, instead of asking people to rate and review or do the subscribe things, which I mean you can if you want to, but um, maybe this week we just say like, go out there, do something nice for somebody. Do something nice for somebody, maybe um, approach a situation or a friend in a new way. Yeah. Um, when somebody opens their heart to you or says they're having a rough time, check yourself maybe and ask, how can I support you? I see that you're struggling or conduct an experiment. Conduct an experiment. Go out there when somebody asks you, how are you? Fucking tell them. Tell them for reals. Yeah. I like this. All right. And then let us know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) You can reach us at unbatting at (laughs) gmail.com. For real though. And uh, guys, thank you for coming along on this journey with us every Thursday. Uh, We're unbatting, baby. We're unbatting, baby. We'll see you guys next week. Unbatting. Unbatting, we're unbatting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbatting, baby. We're unbatting.